Welcome to the AudioCast at samluce.com. Episode 10, Three Strategic Steps to Reaching Kids During the COVID Crisis. When the COVID crisis first hit, it felt surreal and like an awful dream. We realized that in the moment, everything can change. The question for us is, how do we respond and how are we willing to change? When this hit, I had several conversations with our team. I told them that we needed to be equipping parents, providing content, and making our interactions as personal as possible. Start by empowering and equipping parents. In this crisis, we have an opportunity to evaluate what really matters. We have the time and are forced by law and nature to rethink how church is done. The past two decades of church have looked differently than the churches look historically. Events have become the driving force of church. I've heard many church leaders refer to Sunday as, as the Super Bowl. I understand what they mean, but I'm not sure that attendance to events is the most significant driver of discipleship in adults and certainly not for kids. In this season, every parent is effectively homeschooling their own kids. They have a lot on their plates and they're out of their comfort zone. I've heard plenty of people say, we should not give parents more things to do. I understand what they're saying. I just disagree with the approach. Parents don't need a pass on spiritual formation of their kids. What they need is a plan. For our church, we believe that family worship is the best way for parents to disciple their kids. Our plan is this. Read one chapter of the Bible and explain it to the best of your ability. Sing one hymn and pray. This should take about 10 minutes or so. I've attached a family worship guide for you to download over at samloose.com. I had a conversation with my friend Jenny Funderbrook-Smith, a fellow blogger and kids pastor. I wanted to see how other churches were tackling these three components to reaching kids in general, also how they were doing it during this mass quarantine. I asked her, how do you empower parents to lead kids at home in a time when families are literally stuck at home? This was one of my biggest ahas, one of my biggest lessons learned in the middle of this whole COVID thing. Um, I asked a coaching group that I, that I work with, if you could go backwards before this happened and you knew it was coming, what would you do differently? And That's this, a good question. That's a really good question. A, yeah, this is the thing a lot of us landed on was we had not done a great job of preparing our parents to do this at home, to worship at home and to disciple their kids at home. We talk about it a lot right? We Mm -hmm. talk about this is what you're supposed to do. We say this is what we want parents to do. But, um, you know, our our mission statement or whatever for our children's ministry is that we partner with parents to help kids know Jesus. And so partnership logistically has looked like you bring them, we talk to them and we send them home and maybe we'll send you an email or two in between. Yeah. That, that did not equip parents for what they're facing right now. Just like most of us were not equipped to homeschool our kids, our parents. <laughs> I did not do a good job. I, I'm, I, I know you communicate a lot better with your parents and have trained them a lot better. I didn't, had not equipped my parents for that. And so, especially over the past couple of weeks, um, That has been a great conviction of mine. And so that is what I have changed most of my messaging to my parents about is, hey, God has put us in this place for however many more weeks, whether it's two more weeks or six more weeks or six more months. I don't know. It is not an accident that you have all this time. Um, Baseball's gone. Softball's gone. School's gone. Even going and driving to church is gone. It's not an accident that God's given us this time. And let's really build this habit of family worship so that we still have that as we get done on the other end. And so um, we've kind of transformed you know, right in the beginning, probably like you guys, we were scrambling like every church in America is how do we, what do we do it? What kind of content are we putting out? That kind of thing. 
And we've transitioned everything that we started doing. We're refocusing towards this idea of families being able to, to worship together at home. And one of the biggest ways that we've done that is we've changed all of our content to correlate with pastor sermon. So what he preaches on Sunday morning, and he just started 10 commandments. So the first few weeks were like everybody else hope and God's got this and God's bigger than the virus. You know, we got to a point where like, okay, we can only say that so many times. Like God does have this. We're all going to be okay, but let's, let's continue on. Um, so he started a series of, on the 10 commandments. And that was another one of my ahas is that's totally, that's like has children's ministry written all over it. Right. And so we've transitioned everything that we were doing focused on 10 commandments so that it's correlating with the pastor's sermon so that it's not separate anymore. Right. We're doing, we're able to communicate to parents. Hey, just like you said in your blog post, um, worship together, sing a song together, read a few verses and talk about them and pray together. That's all you got to do. But here's some content that we're providing that's related to the 10 commandments so that it's exactly what you talked about as grownups on Sunday morning. That's really good. So how are you going to help them? Like, uh, so the tendency, like, so they look at, so take the school part, right? So everybody's a homeschool parent right now, right? you know? Um, so how do you help them to not go back to like, like, let's say in the fall, they're like, okay, I'm done with that. And I'm going to give my the education of my parents back, my kids back to the professionals. Right. How are you going to help them to not give the discipleship of their faith back to the professionals? That's a great question. I think that's something we've all got to wrestle with because um, school, they get to do that. We don't want them to do that. And I think it's just continuing to communicate that this isn't something that goes away when coronavirus goes away. But, you know, most of our parents... Our core parents, our parents that are in church most of the time, the ones that really love Jesus, they know they're supposed to be doing it. And that's what I had a parent tell me is, you know, I knew I was supposed to be spiritually discipling discipling my kid. I knew that. I had fallen into the pattern of letting the church do it. So I think this has been a wake-up call for a lot of parents, too. So I think it's just partly us continuing to encourage parents this doesn't end, right? And in giving them practical tools and helping them ingrain it now in simple ways, taking away the fear of it, of it's got to be two hours sitting around your kitchen table, you know, singing a whole bunch of songs, yeah. whatever. I think taking away the fear, helping them find that it that it's not that hard, but this is the time to fight and build that, that habit. Yeah, totally. It's 10 minutes. Like right. it's uh, really, it can be 10 minutes. Um, Sometimes it's, it's oftentimes it's a little bit more to be honest because yeah. <laughs> kids are kids are question have questions when you talk about the Bible kids will have questions absolutely you know? and that's a good thing and you yeah. know the other thing that I've stressed with them is if it has re, have reasonable expectations for everybody mm-hmm. right if you have a three and a four year old they're not going to sit for ten minutes probably you've got to make it age appropriate and you've got to have reasonable expectations yeah and if today didn't work that's okay you've got tomorrow right <laughs> like, totally. it's okay it's, yeah. it's okay you got to fight the awkward and just build in that habit. I couldn't agree more. All our excesses have been forcibly removed, and we have to invest more and more time to grow deeper with our kids, to create new habits and rhythms that we're going to need going forward. Our family does this in conjunction with our pastor's Bible reading plan and with the help of Joel Beakey's Family Worship Bible Guide. Jenny uses her pastor's sermons as the basis for the content of their church's family worship. How you do family worship isn't as important as actually doing it. Next, provide content. In Sharing Parents On, we must not forget that on our best day, we'll only get 20 to 30% of parents involved. And our right desire to cheer on parents as the primary disciplers of our kids. We must not only cheer, we must disciple kids as well. 
For the sake of the 70% and the kids whose parents don't come to church, we must have a plan to disciple kids who come, who come through our front doors. With so much content out there, why do I need to create more content? You creating content in an age filled with so many options is not really about content creation. It's more about content curation. We need to distill for our kids and for our parents the most important information that our kids need to know. Because of that, we buy curriculum that matches the goal of, uh, of reaching our kids. And we supplement the curriculum we buy with content we produce ourselves. Everyone has an iPhone. It's easy to produce short videos to teach kids and to connect with kids and families. My friend Jenny said that the most effective tool as a church for them to disciple their kids is their midweek service. It's a service where they focus on scripture memory and the application in the context of relationship. I would say probably our most effective thing. We still do Wednesday night programming and um, it is focused on scripture memory and is focused on kids being in small groups with two or three adults. So they have an opportunity even within that small group to be in a smaller group where they're not only learning words to a verse, but they have the opportunity for the leaders to say, okay, so what does this word mean? And what, how does that work in your life? And, um, you know, just really kind of drill down on that and get to know them and hear the prayer requests. My dog's about to start barking. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Hey, Brennan. Can you put them out? So sorry. Oh, we got kennel over there. What's going on? <laughs> we were so on a roll. Podcasting from home. That's what I'm talking about right here. This is real life. This is real life, people. So I think one of the most effective things that we do is our Wednesday night programming. We still do Wednesday night programming and, and believe in that. Um, we focus on scripture memory, but we do small groups. And even within that small group, they're able to break down. We have several adults in there, so they're able to break down smaller and really dive into what that verse means and how it applies to their life and and that kind of thing. And so how that's translated into this one, because I didn't want to lose that because that has been very effective. We um, very um, systematically walk through theology. We talk about who God is and they learn verses about his character and how that applies to us and and then how we respond to that. And so it's been very systematic. And so what we've done in this is we just took it all online and um, we meet live on Zoom with all the security precautions in place, but live in Zoom on Wednesday yeah. nights and um, are able to continue, you know, of course it looks different and they're not able to sure. do the super small groups, but they're still able to do the scripture memory and teach that those, those truths in that way. And so that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's the biggest piece of content. And now that we're, um, you know, we're transitioning everything to be focused around Pastor Sermon's Pastor, Pastor Sam's sermon. That's all tied in as well. So it's standalone. So for those kids whose parents aren't going to do the daily, yeah, and do yeah, that, yeah. the kids still are memorizing this verse and they're still getting the content of us teaching about it. We're doing a daily devotion online. They need their parents to help them get there, but but it's standalone, so they can yeah. do it even if parents aren't investing in that as well. This discipleship program for her church is connected to her pastor's sermon. So their approach is cohesive and reinforcing what parents are hearing on Sunday morning. Lastly, make every interaction as personal as possible. Here's where the church can be the church. We can't just expect parents to disciple their kids. We can't just push out information and content and hope they show up. We need to be as personal as is, as is safe and as is allowed. Parents are more isolated than they've ever been in their life. We have to show up in ways that, we, that they don't expect. We need to use technology, innovation, and old school methods to reach out to families and connect them together. When this crisis hit, I had a meeting with all our volunteers telling them that we need them to still be volunteers. But how they volunteer would have to look a lot different. 
I said to them, we need them to help share things with us on social media and share things with their families and friends. And secondly, we need them to call their kids or send cards to the week that they're supposed to be serving in kids ministry. Here's a couple things that we've done recently to connect families in our church and to connect families in our church to each other. We had a Zoom family Kahoot night. Two, family scavenger hunt night. Three, video egg hunt. Four, FaceTime calls from one of our puppets and some of our characters from our VBS. The last question I asked Jenny was this, how do we make digital personal? Most digital is inherently impersonal. How do we change that? And I think that's one of the first tensions that I faced when this hit was um, all of our church's production capacity was going towards Sunday morning and all that. And Mm -hmm. um, so I had to decide if I'm going to go digital, it's probably not going to be very fancy. And then I realized very quickly that that was okay. That was all right. Because what our people were craving, like you were saying, is that personal and that connection. And they Mm -hmm. were just as cool with a Facebook live five minute Devo in a morning when Mm -hmm. it first started as something big and produced. And I think that actually connected better. And so that was one lesson I've tried to carry through this whole thing is how do we, how do we provide the good content, but, but keep it very personal. Um, and then how does that carry over? Like you said, and so lots of, which I'm sure you've done too, again, nothing rocket science, but lots of calls, lots of cards in the mail. Um, Mm -hmm. we, this past week, so we, I told you we'd done the big Wednesday night zoom. We have 50 kids on there or whatever, but still didn't feel very personal to some of our kids. They still didn't get to talk to their leader. They still didn't get to talk to their friends. So, this past week, we used Zoom breakout groups, which is a little bit insane, but we had 60 kids on there and were able to send them to their little group. So it's still a screen, but they yeah. got to tell their teacher about their dog who hurt their leg, right? They yeah, got yeah. to specifically yeah, totally. have those conversations. And yeah. this is a little bit crazy, but it worked, but it helped them. Was it worth Did they get deep content in that 20-minute um, small group online? Probably not, but they no. got that connection and they For got sure. to pray together and we were able to really, really make it personal. And now that we've got it figured out, we can probably do that going forward. But um, I think that's the big question as this, as life becomes normal again, is somebody in my coaching group also said, you know, so much of our focus goes into Sunday morning and the Wednesday night and the production of everything and not so much this personal. I think we lose that in the normal week to week of church. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's something else that we come out of this in ministry with a regained focus on the y'all, on how do I personally connect with the families? How do I help families connect better with each other? How do I yeah. help leaders personally connect? Not just, hey, are you going to be here? Um, hey, are you memorizing your verse or whatever, but but on a relationship level. Totally, totally. And, and I think that's the thing that I have always felt but haven't really been able to articulate as well, I think, is the fact that that really you see it in this, that kids don't want Disney, they want you. Another way Jenny's church has achieved this personal connection was through calls, cards, and by doing breakout groups on Zoom. It was in these breakout groups where kids got to share with their small group leader the ordinary and mundane things in life that matter more than we realize. Leading in the middle of a situation like we've never been in before requires us to change our strategies, but not our principles. We need parents to disciple their kids We need to lead well. We need to personally connect with families and with kids. The goal of our kids' ministry and youth ministry doesn't change because of our situation. Strategies are never divorced from principles, but they are the byproduct of what we believe to be true. We still need to strive to make our homes like a little church and our church like a big family. Ultimately, what we do must be informed and governed by who we are.